0: Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have made, and God, we thank you for all that you have made and all that you have done. Lord, we, we thank you for the ways that you have been at work in our lives that we have not even noticed. God, we do pray that you would help us to be uh, more aware of your love for us, the ways that you do uh, work in us and through us to achieve your purposes in our lives and the lives of those around us and in this world you created. Lord, we thank you most of all for your love and Lord, for the way in which especially uh, tonight and tomorrow we consider we consider the the greatness of that love. or that Jesus would Enter into the pain of this world, or sharing uh, with us in the sorrows, in order to bring true healing. Lord, we pray tonight that you would um, let every heart prepare Him room. That as we consider this message. It wouldn't be a message out there somewhere, but it would be a personal message for each of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the evidence. Of Christmas is all around us. We see lights up and down houses and businesses. We see lights on trees. We see things that we don't normally see throughout the rest of the year, but on you know Christmas time, there we have it. the evidence that it is uh, time for Christmas. We hear songs on the radio that play differently this time of year than the rest of the year. Everywhere we look, uh, we see buffalo check. What is this about? <laughs> it's Christmas, right? We're seeing the signs of Christmas everywhere, red and green and black plaid, etc. And so we know the celebration of Christmas. And, uh, of course, the yearly trouble, the yearly problem with all the celebration is, uh, is the question of missing the meaning in the midst of all the celebration. And so I'm going to ask you tonight a question and think carefully about your response in case I call on you. Here we go. Why was Jesus born? Why was Jesus born? That's a good question. It's worth thinking about. If you don't have an answer to that question, then what are we celebrating? (laughs) Why was Jesus born? And you may have uh, a lot of answers to that question. Did you know that Jesus himself actually answered this question on more than one occasion? And gave different answers every time he answered it? Well, that's odd. Let's take a look at a few of them briefly. Uh, In Mark chapter one, Jesus gets up early in the morning and he's healed a bunch of people the day before. And he gets up early that morning, he leaves and not everybody's been healed yet. He goes out and he's praying and the disciples come and they find him praying. They're like, what are you doing? Don't you know everybody's looking for you? His answer is, let us go somewhere else. To the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So, why did Jesus come? He came to preach, right? That's what he came to do. And when you hear the message that Jesus is preaching, what is it he's preaching? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So, that's what he came to do. He has been born in order to preach this message, this message that we call the gospel, which is the good news that the kingdom of God is is near. That's why Jesus was born. That's why he came. But wait, there's more, as the infomercials say. If you uh, flip to the end of John, Jesus is talking to, um, to Pilate. This is at Jesus' trial just before he goes to the cross. And Pilate says, Jesus talking about this kingdom and he says, you know, my kingdom is from another place and Pilate says, oh, you're a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So why did Jesus come? Why was he born? To testify to the truth. In other words, to tell about the way things really are. There are other places as well. In Mark, he says that he did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So why is he born? Why did he come? To preach about the good news of the kingdom of God. And to be uh, this king that testifies to the truth of the way things really are. And to be this king that in testifying to the way that things really are is one who actually came to give his life. Not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why? Because we needed that. <laughs> and in fact, all of these, though he gives slightly different answers and you say, well, which one is it? It's all of them. These all work together uh, to do the same thing. And tonight I actually want to look at one other one. And this is from John chapter 9. And in John chapter 9, this is a story we've been looking at for most of the weeks of Advent, actually, uh, on Sunday mornings. But let me sum up, if you haven't been here. And that is, uh, Jesus heals a man who was born blind. Takes this man's eyes that have never worked from the day he was born, and he makes them blind. Work. They can see, and like they have never seen. And in fact, that's something that nobody has ever seen in that time in the history of the world as somebody who had been born blind and been raised blind their entire life and then was given the ability to see. This was brand new. And in this, there's a bit of controversy as to uh, whether it was okay for Jesus to do this and what this meant about who he was. And, um, And we've been talking about that. If you want to catch up, those sermons are online. We're not going to go through it all right now. Here's where we're going to uh, look tonight. This is John chapter 9, verses 35 through 41. This is after Pharisees have gone to the blind man, and they've been quizzing him about who Jesus is. And the man says to them, look, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I see. In other words, there is a change that has taken place in me, and you're not going to be able to argue me out of that. <laughs> Let me tell you, here's what's happened in my life. Okay. But then after this, in verse 35, uh, after this man has been thrown out of their presence, Jesus finds him. So it says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Why in the world would we read this on Christmas Eve? It's a strange story. Let's get into it a little bit. The first part of this is Jesus finds this man. That Jesus is the one who came to seek and to save the lost. That's another thing he says. That he came for that reason, to seek and to save the lost. And so here is this man who has already had an encounter with Jesus, but has he seen Jesus before? No, he was blind. And so Jesus has put mud on his eyes and sent him away to go wash. And when he goes and he washes, then he can see, but Jesus isn't there anymore. So he has spoken with Jesus. He's been close to Jesus, but he's never seen Jesus. And so now when Jesus goes and he finds this man, a man he's already been at work in his life, (laughs) he goes and he finds this man this man doesn't recognize him. And Jesus says to him, do you believe in the son of man? He's like, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> just, just point him out to me. I don't know who it is. Somebody fixed me and I want to know who it is. And then Jesus has this beautiful line when he says, um, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. You have now seen him. He doesn't just say, oh, it's me. But he identifies himself through the very miracle that he's done in this man's life. You have now seen me. Now you can actually see, and what you're looking at is the one who made you able to see. Do you get it? It's pretty cool, right? So Jesus says, you have now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking with you. And the man's response? Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. In other words, Jesus goes to seek and to save the lost. The man's response is... Out of curiosity, who is this? And when Jesus reveals who he is, the man responds with worship. And I wish that were the end of the story. But it's not the end of the story. Jesus continues because there is more that takes place here. And this is where we get into where he gives the reason why he came. He says... For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. This seems weird. The first part of that we might expect. That uh, the blind will be able to see. In fact, all of Jesus' miracles we see are actually signs pointing to something else. And so, yes, it's a miracle in this man's life, but it also points to the fact that those who are spiritually blind need to be healed and be able to see uh, in that way. But what's this business with and also those who see will become blind? What is that about? Here's my take on this. Have you ever... Go this way. Have you ever uh, been outside on a bright, sunny day and then you walk into a dark room and you have that experience of temporary blindness? You had that happen? You walk into the room and you can't see anything (laughs) because, because your eyes are adjusted to the brightness of the outside sun. And when you go into the darkness, you can't see. On the other hand, Have you had the opposite experience? Have you had the experience of being inside where it's, you know, decently dark? There's some light on and you can see in there all right. See just fine, actually. And then you walk out in the sunlight and experience temporary blindness (laughs) because it's too bright and your eyes are not adjusted and you can't see out there either. It's like, well, that is strange, isn't it? that you could experience a blindness because things are too dark or too bright? Or maybe just that your eyes aren't adjusted? Here's the thing. Jesus, uh, one of the reasons why we celebrate Christmas the way we do, with all the lights all over the place, we light candles, and we put lights on trees, we put lights on houses, we put lights all over the place. It's all... As a way of reminding ourselves of Jesus being the light of the world, and that light is a revealing light, but it's a revealing light for those whose eyes are adjusted to see it. And so, if you have been in, uh, if you've been in the light, and you have your eyes adjusted for the light, but then the lights are off and the lights have gone out. You're blind. You can't see anything. And then you turn the lights on, and now you can see again, right? So when Jesus shows up, he's the light, and everything comes on. It's wonderful. But what if you're used to the dark? What if you've gotten so used to the darkness of the world that your eyes have actually adjusted that way? And then the light shows up, and it comes on. Blindness, right? It's too bright. You can't see. Um, some of you are here tonight because, uh, well, frankly, somebody dragged you here. I know. It's okay. And for just a little bit, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to talk specifically to the people who were dragged here even though you did not want to come. And what I want to say to you is this. Um, <laughs> if this is you, where you have eyes that have been like, spiritually adjusted to the darkness of the world, where you think the darkness is normal and that's the way, things just, that's the way they are, we might as well get used to it kind of thing, I want to put forward that there is something else, that Jesus is the light of the world. And, uh, and if that is where you are, first of all, By your being here tonight, (laughs) you have already taken the first step towards being able to see in that light. And not just because you came to church, it's because you came to church even when you didn't want to because someone else wanted you to. (laughs) In other words, you sacrificed what you wanted for the good of someone else. That is step one. In fact, that is what the whole thing is all about. And you've taken a step in that direction already. But now here's the thing. If you step into the light and it's blinding, you say, I don't get it. I don't see anything here. The temptation is, well, I'll just go back into the dark. My encouragement for you today, tonight is don't do that. Don't do that. What it is that will help you be able to see in the light is time in the light to adjust to the light. And you'll be able to see more than you thought you'd be able to see. There's a lot more there than, uh, than you would anticipate when you are blind. Okay, for those of you who maybe dragged someone here (laughs) and for, you know, or have (laughs) for one degree, one reason or another, feel a certain degree of smug superiority at this point (laughs) because you're like, hey, I've been in a light. I don't know what these people are about, but hey, let me just remind you that Jesus is talking to the religious leaders when he says this. And in fact, he's accusing them of blindness, and it's that accusation that offends their pride. What are we blind to? You can't call me blind. But lest we forget, the man who wrote most of the books of the New Testament was a man we know as Paul. But in his early days, when he was known as Saul, as he was one of the Pharisees, a religious leader who thought he could see, and he couldn't. And when Jesus showed up in his life, what happened? He went blind. He saw a bright light, and he went blind. And he went blind as a, uh, physically as an illustration in his life of what he had been And then he received his sight again uh, three days later as a sign of what was going on in his life, how now he could see in a way he never could before. So if you're here tonight and you are a little offended at even the possibility that maybe you're spiritually blind, I would ask that you take it seriously, that maybe that is the case, that maybe uh, we are seeing in the darkness in a little bit uh, of a brighter area of the room. But maybe you haven't seen in the light yet. Jesus said that it was for judgment that he came into the world so that the blind will see and that those who see will become blind. He actually just came as the light of the world. And whether we see or whether we're blind by it has to do with where our hearts are. In fact, we already read uh, a little together from John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. If you go a little bit farther... In verse 19, it says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. In other words, you know that if you go into a dark room and the cockroaches are out and you flip on the light, they don't stay out there. (laughs) They don't stay out there and enjoy the light. They run back to where it's dark. And what this is saying is when the light of the world came into the world, people didn't want the light. They wanted to shut out the light. They wanted to run away from the light. They wanted to get away from the light. That is natural. But it's not helpful. Not for us, not for anyone else. And so if you feel within yourself, I just want to get away from that, That's natural and that's normal, but it's not helpful. And so again, my encouragement would be stay in the light. Adjust to the light. And actually, oh, and yeah, if you're following the uh, little metaphor there, I'm calling us cockroaches. But anyway, but the point is, (laughs) the point is we don't have to stay cockroaches. (laughs) That he has come to change us into who we were made to be. But if we continue to run, we don't get changed. And we just stay who we've always been. But that's not what he came for. He came to seek the lost. But not to condemn us. He came to seek us in order to save us. So. Why did Jesus come? Why was he born? To testify to the truth, to spread and preach the good news of the kingdom of God that has come near, to let us know about the love of God that he has for each of us and for the world. I love that he was willing to give his life in order that we might be changed, that we might be saved, that we might have our eyes opened to the reality of of the way things really are rather than just seeing the darkness of the way the world presents itself. There is a different way. This is what Jesus has come to show if we have eyes to see. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.